Welcome, and thanks for joining me on Conversations with AP. My name is Alan, and I'm a change agent, a growing individual, and a believer in Jesus Christ, and I have something to say. I'm using this platform with the hopes of helping someone with direction, knowledge, and tools to be the best version of you that you can possibly be. Feel free to like, share, 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 and subscribe. Enjoy. And welcome. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Conversations with AP. And today I have a special guest, a friend, a brother I've met over the past couple years, but I'm going to let him give his intro, Mr. Isaac McGee. Hello, my name is Isaac McGee, and um, I worked at a bank and was manager of a bank for five years, and now I teach financial literacy and consumer math for um, a all-boys charter school in Rochester, New York. And before I even say anything else, um, so the title of the episode is Millennials and Finances. Um, I feel like this is an important topic for people my age and just my generation, uh, just because we, I think we are the generation that started to see money differently. So to kick this off, first episode, I mean, first question is, why should millennials start taking retirement seriously? So first, we should break down retirement. So retirement is a point in life where you stop working and you're still able to have an income come in. And a lot of people don't realize that when they get into their 50s or 60s, like, they're tired of working. So you have to pre-plan for that moment where you're going to just be tired of working. Uh, you don't want to work till death. You mm-hmm. want to be able to retire and to do whatever you want to do. You want to be able to relax. You want to be able to wake up and be like, eh, today I don't feel like going to work. Today I don't feel like doing nothing. Right. You know, And that's the opportunity you have when you actually retire. And what happens is when we start so late, uh, when it comes to contributing to our retirement, it slows down the process of us being ready to retire by 65, 67. And, like, I know people personally that who've working and they're 75 years old and mm-hmm. still working every day and working multiple jobs because they didn't take retirement and savings serious when they were in their 20s or in their 30s. Why do you, why do you think that is? Why? So... Honestly, I'm I'm 27, and about the past year or two, that's when I actually started paying attention to retirement. Uh, for me, it was simply because, honestly, I, I'm like, oh, I'm going to be a millionaire. So I'm, why would I worry about what I got uh, now? So, You're going to be a TikTok millionaire. <laughs> right. So it's, it's one of those things where it's like, um, I'm going to live now. I'll worry about that stuff later. See, and that's... that's <laughs> That's the wrong mindset. You got to work now so you can live later. You know, um, and that's a lot of the the issue is the mindset. I mean, with social media, it's made people believe that everybody can retire at 30 or 35. Mm -hmm. And for majority of people, that's not possible. Everybody's not going to be an Instagram uh, influencer. They're not going to do that type of stuff. But who are you to tell me that I'm not going to be... You're right. I can't tell you what you're going to be. I could just go off the numbers and know that 
there are billions of people in this right. world, and majority of us are not influencers at all. So that kind of speaks to my first point. Um, so if anybody, if you are interested in watching, then I'm doing a promo, and I'm not even getting paid for it. But uh, on Netflix, there's a good uh, series called Money Explained. Um, and one of the points that they brought up, a stat actually, is that in most wealthy countries, the average 60-year-old has saved enough to keep their quality of life until their early 70s, but expected, but most of them are expected to live until their mid-80s or, or long. So this translates to trillions of dollars in missing savings. So by the time millennials retire, which is about 2050, that number is expected to be a lot bigger. Uh, you're looking at $137 trillion in, in the U.S. alone. So... What do you think that says? Uh, what's your opinions on that stat? So, first things first, we have to realize that the life expectancy for people are going to naturally grow because of technology, because of science, because mm -hmm. of medicine. So, yeah, back in the day, people only lived to be 60-something, 70-something. But with the technology we have and how health-conscious we are about a lot of things, people exercise a lot. You know, we're going to live until our 80s or 90s unless something, God forbid, goes tragically wrong. I actually never thought of it like that. Yeah, you, th that's a big thing is, like, we don't think about it because, like, when you go to the hospital, you're like, oh, they're going to give me something and I'm going to be good. I'm right. going to be back to 100%. Yeah. And it's like, you, you said you're, what, 27 now? Mm -hmm. That's the same mentality people have when they're in their 60s because they believe in the science they believe in the backing and you know they believe in their spiritual being if it may be god and maybe buddha whoever they believe in mm. but it's like we're we gonna live in jesus over here you know we nah. believe in jesus but i ain't gonna knock anybody <laughs> right. who love buddha and you know all the hindus and all that i don't want nobody knocking me over the head <laughs> right. but um it's one of those things where it's like science and medicine have helped us expand our lifespan so much that now mm. we have to plan for retiring for 40 years or like if let's say if we retire let's say 67 yeah you know or 65 now you know on average people are living an extra what you said 10 years mm -hmm. now you have to plan for retirement for extra 10 years if you're a female yeah. and for a male an extra 14 years so you have to really take that into consideration mm -hmm. when it comes to retiring yeah and it's it's hard to talk about retirement without going into the savings portion um and I have a love-hate relationship with savings because, like, I'll say, so I break it down, 18 to about 24, 25, I had the mindset of i rather go broke based <laughs> off, I'd rather go broke and experience life than save money. And it's like... Are you really experiencing life at that age, though? Oh, no, I've, I've done a lot. Like, I've traveled. And the like the, it works because I've been exposed and I've grown. But it gets to a point where reality kicks in and life happens. And the older you get, adulthood kicks in. <laughs> so, so, and then also I was married or I was planning to get married. So I had to get a little bit more serious and conscious um, about money. And so it wasn't until about, like, my first year um, of marriage and to now where I actually started saving money because my wife, she had the mindset of like, oh, we just need just in case type of money. So we need to save. But in my head, I'm like, 
if I can spend money for this, like if I can invest it, if I can pay for a trip and we got it, <laughs> why not spend it? But now it's like, now that I own a home and homeowner stuff kicks in, like an emergencies happen all the time. So now I'm in this process, like I'm really serious about my savings, no matter what, like I have, I got to have something just in case because you never know what happens. And then I have things for, I save up money to buy something or I save up money to pay off this amount of debt, of that amount of debt. So now it's more of planning and strategic savings um, while having something. And eventually I want to, I want to start uh, investing in things too. So, so that's kind of my relationship with savings. So one thing <laughs> I will, uh, I say to a lot of people is, when you're saving, it turns an emergency into an inconvenience. Dang, you got to explain that. So here it goes. When you're saving money, you're saving for anything that could happen. Mm -hmm. So that emergency is still an emergency, but it's more of an inconvenience because now you have to dip into your savings or dip into whatever. Oh, so it's not pay. as it's an emergency. Yeah. It wouldn't be in the emergency because it's not as urgent. Or yeah. It's, it's not as... Stressful. Oh, yeah, stressful. It's kind of stressful. Yeah. You know, imagine if you had an emergency and you didn't have no savings. Now it's a real emergency. <laughs> right. It's stressful. Yeah. Definitely. But it's like if you have a water pump go out or whatever the case may be mm -hmm. and you have money saved, it's like, ah, oh, this sucks. But it's just more of an inconvenience because now I got to pull out of this account yeah. instead of pulling out my regular account. Right. <laughs> so that's how I think of it a lot when it comes to saving. Yeah, that actually makes sense. So is uh, my next point, uh, so there's a stat out there. It was also on the Netflix uh, documentary. Us millennials, we don't actually do research. We watch videos. <laughs> just move from that. We do not like reading. <laughs> so, so it said uh, that everyone, by the time you retire, you should have saved at least a million dollars to maintain that lifestyle till death. So at my age, that means I have to save about $26,000 a year till 65. And I'm like the last of the millennials, meaning a year after what the 96. So 26, 27 year olds were like the youngest millennials. So I'm just imagining like the people that's hitting 30, late thirties, early forties who are in this position. Whereas, whereas at, they may have started to save, but how exactly do you get to a million dollars without talking too much about investing, mm -hmm. but just talking about retirement? How exactly do you get closer to that? So this is the thing about retirement. When you're putting money into retirement, it's going into the stock market. So it most of the time is investing in some sort. Okay. So you normally have somebody, if you're not an expert like me, I'm not an expert. At it, so I have somebody who manages that for me. Mm -hmm. So there are different ways of going about it. There are pension plans. There are 403B plans and 401K plans, IRAs. So it depends on how you want to do it, Roth IRAs, all that stuff. And I can't go into detail all of them because it always switches every year. Yeah. Um, the government usually increases the limit for what you can save each year mm -hmm. when it comes to those things. I think this year I just saw a stat. Um, I think they increased it to 23000 so, I believe. I think that's the minimum. Um, for 401k plans? 
Yeah, something like that. 22,500. 22,500. That was close. Um, So I guess the next thing, like social, uh, what SSN, that's social security, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Yep. So that's automatic. Like, no matter if you work, if you got a job, that's coming out. But the thing that people don't realize is you have to be at a certain age to get that. So you have to be 65, 67 to get that. Okay. Um, so yeah, social security is going to kick in. Is there any, yeah. is there any way you can pull from it early or is, do you no. get like a heavy fund or it's just, no, yeah, it's yeah. a limit, it's, it's an age. So social security comes out of your paycheck every year right? or every pay period. Mm-hmm. You're going to see a payroll tax and it's going to be 7.65%. And some of that's going to come from your Medicare and Medicaid mm-hmm. and the other part is going to come from your social security. So you can't pull from that until the government gives you a certain age when it comes to it. And it's, you know, gotcha. it's six by six, seven. But so what I tell people all the time is really don't depend on that. Be proactive in your saving. Mm-hmm. So you want to have a 401k plan. And thankfully for me being a teacher, I get a pension and mm-hmm. I also have the opportunity to put money into a 403b plan. Mm-hmm. Um, but for those, so are who, they not the same thing, a pension and a 403b or 401k? No. What's so, the difference? So a pension is a um, employer-sponsored plan, basically. I'm okay. through New York State, so if I work a certain amount of years, I automatically get a retirement um, a retirement pension. Does it change for month. everybody, or is it a set number of years? It's like a set tenure. number of years, but your pension uh, changes according to your salary. Ah, so gotcha. it's the average of the top three salaries you get while you're working. Mm, okay. Um, but for a 401k, it's you being proactive. Mm-hmm. So it's like, hey, you may have you're at your job where if you contribute five percent, they'll match you three percent. Mm-hmm. So you have to actually proactively put money into the account a lot of times for them to match it. Gotcha. With a 403b account, um, which is for schools. Um, you're also able to put money into account. So like me currently, on a personal level, I have my pension, but I also have my 403B that I contribute to. Mm-hmm. So that when I actually do retire, I can pull from two different accounts. I can pull from my state account, and I can pull from my personal account. And then hopefully I'm able to save money also so I can have an actual savings account. Mm-hmm. So that's three different accounts I'll be able to pull from. Yeah, And maybe hopefully if I play my cards right, you know, um, I also have a IRA account where I can actually put money into an IRA account on top of those two other accounts, which are my savings account and my four gotcha. three account. So but it's also those... just living below your means. You know, yeah. a lot of people want to keep up with the Joneses and they want to go out and they want to do this. And they don't want to make sacrifices. But what if I want to travel and and what if I want to I mean, live that luxury lifestyle that I deserve? I mean, you have to know it comes with a cost. Everything comes with a cost. Right. (laughs) So it's like, yeah, I want to travel and do this and that, but how much do I want to dip into what I put into my savings? So a lot of things come down to to budgeting. Budgeting is a pivotal thing when it comes to retirement, savings, traveling, the whole nine. Do you think there's... um... So, like, I have this relationship with budgeting, right, where I'm good at it, but sometimes I'll be like, am I good at it? You know, like, is is there ever, 
a right way to budget because I think the simplest way is, all right, let me just make sure I got enough to save and all my bills are paid. And I think I'm good at budgeting by just that. But I feel like there is more to it that I'm missing. So how I compare budgeting to is I compare it to dieting. So okay. when you diet, you have to have a cheat day. You're going to hate it. It's mm-hmm. going to be like, ah, this is stupid. Why am I dieting? I don't care about this anymore. Mm-hmm. Give me some cheeseburgers, some fried chicken, fried <laughs> whatever. And I'm about to eat that. So when it comes to budgeting, you have to have a budget line where it says, this is my fun money. This mm-hmm. is my, like I want to go out of time. Yeah, miscellaneous. So mm-hmm. it's like, yeah, you want to travel, but you need to make sure it's in that line where it's like, hey, I'm saving 100 bucks every paycheck or 10 bucks every paycheck mm-hmm. or 50 bucks every paycheck so that when I get to this dollar amount, I'm able to ball out. I'm able to go travel. I'm able to go out and yeah. have drinks. I'm able to go out and have fun, you know, whatever you want to do. But you have to have it in a budget. So, And there's no perfect budget. Like, at the end of the day, you have to reevaluate your budget every month. Mm-hmm. Or sometimes people do it every pay period, but I'm not that guy that has that much time to do that. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. like, every month you might have to look at your budget and say, hey, I wanted to put 10% in my retirement, but this month I didn't do it because this came up. And you're like, all right, cool. It's life. Mm-hmm. But next month we're going to get back to it. Or yeah. for you, if you want to go trips, you're like, hey, I want to save, you know, the 50 bucks a week or 50 bucks a pay period. And you're like, that one pay period, I was like, ah, something came up. I had a flat tire or I wanted to go out and hang out with friends or I seen mm-hmm. these jeans or sneakers I like. And you're like, all right, cool. I spent it on that. So I see where it went, but I know how to recorrect it for next month. Yeah. So Isaac, you seem very uh, educated on finances. Like what, what happened or what was it that made you so intrigued with getting into the finance industry i guess or just learning more about finance and making that a career grew up poor (laughs) (laughs) i grew up i grew up seeing my mom struggle she was Mm -hmm. a single mom with three kids so seeing her struggle i was like oh there ain't no way in hell i'm going to be like this and she did a great job and i love her to death and tell her all the time but i'm Mm -hmm. like no i'm not i'm not doing this like I will work my behind. I'll work three, four jobs before I ever go back to that. And it's not like we lived bad because she Mm -hmm. always made sure we had what we need to have. But there was always moments where I realized like we have what we have, but she don't have what she need. Mm -hmm. So it's like, I don't want to be in that same situation where it's like, if I have kids like, Hey, they have what they have, but there are moments where I'm like, dang, I really need this. Mm-hmm. And to see her like stressed out, I, I remember seeing her crying. I remember her seeing her, you know, in her room, like yeah. praying to God, like, and all this different things. And I'm like, mm-hmm. man, this, this, this ain't it. Like, I'm just going to continue to work hard, get my education, do what I need to do yeah, and learn. And that was one big thing that um, I took as a kid because my mom put me around a lot of older people. Um, okay. being in the church all the time, I was around about a bunch of deacons okay. <laughs> and pastors and all that stuff. And gotta um, love the deacons. Oh gosh, gotta love the deacons. <laughs> and um they would always, you know, say like, Hey, you gotta you gotta save, you gotta make this money, you gotta really portion out what you're doing because it all works out in the long run. Well, that's dope. Like the deacons I know, they never taught me lessons about money. 
Oh, I mean, a lot of the money lessons I learned. Was and that's nothing against deacons. No, no, no. It's nothing deacons. But when you in them church budgeting meetings and oh, okay. you hear people going off, you hear people fighting and yeah. cussing each other out, you're like, ooh. Right. The, the church got some issues. Let so me. I think I was blessed in, in that sense with church. It's like everybody, I feel like everybody has a, uh, who grew up in the church has some type of story about this is why. I hate the church, but I love the church. <laughs> and I, I think I was blessed to like not like I grew up in the church and I was like in youth choir and I served, but like I was never that heavily involved. Like mm-hmm. I went to church, went to Sunday school, main service. But I think because my parents weren't heavily involved in like the ministry, I didn't see a lot of the dysfunction that can happen in a church. So it's like. Ever since I'm like, uh, ever since I gave my life back to Christ and I'm at my church now, it's like I started to see some things and I'm like, oh wow, the church is crazy. Like the crazy, church bro. streets are crazy. Me, one of my mentors growing up was a uh, pastor, uh, Pastor Frank Cotton. Mm-hmm. And then, um, like I said, my grandparents were deacon and deaconess. So yeah. I would be in all those meetings all the time. I'd be sitting there looking, listening. And sometimes they'd be like, oh, Yo, we can't say that. Isaac right here, you know, he only a little kid. He can't hear this stuff. And I'd be sitting there like, oh, I heard what y'all said. Mm-hmm. But um, and on a, on a real note, like, I didn't realize I was growing up as unfortunate as I was until mm-hmm. I became an adult. Yeah. And I had those, how would I put it? Um, those broke ways mm-hmm. as an adult. So, like, for example, like... I, I still love beans and rice, and I still love like spaghetti. What and kind I still, of beans and rice? Though? Oh, just any type of beans and rice. Oh, whatever okay. type of beans you can afford, <laughs> gotcha. and whatever type of rice you can bake <laughs> uh, or put in boil, like right. I'm into it. But those are things where it's like, man, I don't have to eat like that. I'm like, I can eat something yeah. really like nice, but I'm just so used to that. Mm-hmm. And if you put some beans with some, uh, well, I don't eat hot dogs anymore but used to be you yeah. get some hot dogs and you boil them and put them in the beans mm-hmm. that was a great hot day dogs and baked beans yeah, yeah. That, was, that was a great day <laughs> chop them up yeah or it was like things like people had um all these different trips they would go on and stuff mm-hmm. like that and we wouldn't go on trips and my ultimate thing that i realized when i was um an adult that i was really unfortunate was all our clothes are from garage sales Mm-hmm. We would we would go to a church on Chala Avenue, and I pass it all the time. It's on Chala Avenue, near um, CVS down there, right when you get into okay. Gates. Yeah, they would have a yearly garage sale where you would go in. They had a gym, and you would go in there and you would get a paper bag, and the paper bag was five dollars. Yeah, it's like could, it's Christmas time over yeah, here. Yeah, and you <laughs> could stuff whatever you wanted in that paper bag. Okay. So it was like there was clothes, there was shoes, there were undergarments, everything. Mm-hmm. So my mom would buy like us two bags each, and we would go in there and we'd start rolling up jeans, rolling up shirts, so we could fit yeah. as much as we could in those bags. Yeah. And as a dog, I'm like, dang, <laughs> this is what we had, or we would buy shoes, sneakers out of a U-Haul truck. Yeah. It'd be a U-Haul truck right there on. I think that's pleasant. And uh, was it was it boosters or was it just no? It was <laughs> no nah, no. Nah. He was he was like dudes that was making the shoes. Oh, so oh. it was like where I had bootleg Tims 
and I would have to have jeans that was long enough to cover, to cover up where the Tim <laughs> sign used to be <laughs> or should be, and we didn't have one. You know, mm-hmm. things like that. Or the, the Nike sign wasn't really a Nike <laughs> sign. It wasn't swooshing like it should be, yeah. you know. So mm-hmm. those are things where I was a kid, like, I didn't realize, like, oh, this is mm-hmm. this is normal life. But yeah. as an adult, I'm like, nah, bro, we was broke. Yeah, we, so, I honestly, I think I grew up in the middle class. But there were some moments where I'm like, oh, dang, we don't got money like that. <laughs> like, we used to go uh, to Sneaker King. Like mm-hmm. cross street from uh, Hudson Walmart. Yeah, yep, yep. <laughs> get our gym shoes, twenty five dollars a pair. I'm like, oh, we get two pairs of shoes. Yeah. Oh, it's game time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So a lot of things you don't recognize until you're adult, and you're like, right. wow. And then you're like, I don't want to go back to that, and I don't want my kids to live through that. Like, I'm glad I was able to live through that, and yeah. I was glad I was able to. My mom was able to guard me from the actuality mm-hmm. of us being yeah. uh, as broke as we was. And I think shout out to parents who... Uh, yeah. Parents, there's nothing like parents who can hide the struggles from their kids because as a as the youngest of three in my between my mom and dad, like, I, you, they couldn't tell me they didn't have money. Like, they, I'm like, of course you do. Like, what you talking about? You got a job? She got a job? Y'all got money. Like, what you talking about? Um, but that kind of that. So yeah, shout out to parents who are able to shout out mom Love you. <laughs> to provide to provide for their uh, kids. Just even when even when the kids just aren't aware until yeah. and it's like till I get to this age where it's like it wasn't until I got married where I started looking at my mom and dad and I'm like, dang, they really they really did a lot. Like we yeah. like we uh I had both my parents in my house, so I grew up. I guess with a silver spoon because literally like every other or most of the friends that I had, they only had one parent. So I like kind of, I'm like, so is this a bad thing? Like, is this a disadvantage? But I realized that with them, like they, we had our, we had our struggles, but they did a great job at when it came, they made sure we didn't know nothing about it. Like we got, like you said earlier, we got everything that we needed I'm like, we didn't get everything I wanted, no. but they definitely made sure we had everything that we needed. And uh, so shout out to you, mom and dad. But that kind of goes into my next point. Um, like as millennials, you kind of alluded to it earlier. We've had to watch our parents go through, uh, I guess, the most recent recession, 2008. Mm-hmm. Um, me personally, I still lived at home. So other people may be older, other millennials and the impact that it has made. So do you... Before I share my story, do you uh, have like any memory of what 2008 looked like or how it impacted you or your parents? So 2008, I was in my second. And for anybody who isn't aware, that was like the housing market crash where a lot of people, retirement savings plummeted. People who was like buying a bunch of homes just went bankrupt and foreclosed and et cetera, et cetera. It was people was down bad. Like it was, ugh. it was, it was, it was rough. It was the bank's fault. Yeah, Wells Fargo. <laughs> right. No, just um, there's a bunch of documentaries about that. But <laughs> <laughs> um, so I was I graduated high school in 2007. So 2008, I was in college. Mm-hmm. I don't know to like I don't know how it affected my family because what happened was when I graduated high school 
I was living in an apartment yeah, so you with my mom apartment. and stuff. Okay. But the crazy thing was my mom and them bought a house, I think, around that time. Because I remember coming back from college. I'm like, dang, we got a house now? So I don't know if they took advantage of right. the market and was like, well, everybody just losing their house. Let me <laughs> just go low. get a house. <laughs> Buy low. So I I don't yeah. know directly like how that affected me. I just mm-hmm. know I came back from college after my first year, my freshman year, mm-hmm. and we was in a house. And we was in Greece. And I was like, yeah. oh, Greece is like, for me, when I was growing up, I was like, oh, Greece is a nice area. Mm-hmm. We're not in Chatham Gardens no more. We're not yeah. on Lang Street no more. <laughs> like, we're not on Clinton Avenue. Like, right. we're we in the nice part. And, yeah. you know, I mean, I, I did live in uh, Child Life for a while in Churchville. But, mm-hmm. like, I was like, this is this is nice. We got mm-hmm. our own. This is ours? Yeah. Like, all of this? <laughs> right. This is dope. So, dope. for me, I don't know if it affected us in a bad way. Because when I came back from college, mm-hmm. we were in a house. Thank God I didn't have to help nobody move because uh, I was in college. Yeah. Sorry, moms, I was getting my education, but <laughs> I didn't have to help them move. But I, we got a house at that time, so yeah. or they got a house, I should say, at that, uh, that time. So I don't know that it affected us in a negative way. In my mind, I feel like it affected us in a positive way because we probably yeah. bought somebody else's house. Gotcha. Yeah, so for me, I think it affected how I thought about money moving forward. Because I was like, I remember like vividly and I didn't realize what happened till like I was out of high school in the college. So I came home one day and I saw all my dad's stuff from his office in the side living room. So me, I'm like, I'm ignorant and naive. So I'm like, dad, what happened? Like, why are all your stuff here? He said, oh yeah, I had, uh, he said something like I had quit or I left or something and it stuck with me for like forever. So like it wasn't until later in college where I started looking back at the events and how my dad would talk about it. I'm like, Oh, he was laid off. And I realized the job he was at. I remember going out to breakfast with him. He was telling me how he was like, son, I worked there for three years. The first year I made, he was a recruiter. So his salary like was going up and down. Fluctuated. Yeah, fluctuated. So the first year he made like 70. The second year he made like 75. And the third year in like the first quarter, he was already at close to that. So then when this happened, I think it was a, a subdivision of Harris. They they had to, um, what do you call it? When they let go of a bunch of, people layoffs yeah they had to do a bunch of layoffs and he was one of the people and i assume because he was making so much money they was like you gotta go (laughs) so when i saw that and then i saw how he struggled to get like another position that paid him what he was worth because my dad wasn't a wasn't a dummy like my dad got five degrees my dad got a, um, a master's two bachelors two associates and I saw he was getting Shout to Shout out to black education. <laughs> right. He was getting to that age where, you know, he was he was uh overqualified and they were looking for younger talent. So and then you deal with the discrim racial profiling. Like mm-hmm. he's he got that name where like on a resume, I'm like, oh, Cody, let's get him in here. 
And then when they see him, like, real story. Cody, like, real dark. <laughs> they're like, oh, you're Cody. <laughs> like, that's their reaction. And, like, immediately he was like, oh, yeah, I'm not getting this job. And he is, like, very, he was very pessimistic about just going in the job process because everything became that. So I looked at that. I'm like, so this man, he went to college. He got an education. And it still didn't work out for him? And his name Cody. <laughs> and he was in the military. So, and his name Cody. So for me, when I saw that, I'm like, why the heck would I ever put myself in that position if I'm going to fail anyway? So if I'm going to fail, I'm going to go big. So I'm like, I'm going to the NFL. <laughs> like, so for me, I was okay. I was average. You know, I started late. So I put myself at my own disadvantage. And then I broke my ankle in high school. And then I didn't take recovery seriously. And that was like a sobering moment because I'm like, yo, I really thought I was going to the NFL. Mm -hmm. And like most high schoolers nowadays. So when that happened, I'm like, yo, God, I don't know. what it I know you, may you meant to uh, make me a millionaire, but maybe it's a different route. So I went to college, did electrical engineering because I was good at math and science and I was told they make a lot of money. And then when I got to college, I learned about entrepreneurship. And oh, this had, kind of takes me to another point. But the more I learned about entrepreneurship, the less, the more I hated school because I'm like, I can make so much more money outside of school. And I became, I started to like get this relationship where like, yo, I'm dropping out of college because I'm going to get this degree. I'm not even going to use it. And I, I was working at Delta Sonic with a guy who had a bachelor's and an architect and he was my manager. So I'm like, people who even get degrees don't even use them. So why am I going to college? I'll save money and cut my losses now. Um, so just watching my dad, watching my mom just work, work. And my dad, he was in the military, so thank God he had his retirement from the military. Shout out military for taking care of some of your vets. <laughs> <laughs> nah, for real. Shout out to military. Um, but, yeah, so that, honestly, like, it played a huge role in how I looked at money, how I looked at savings. I'm like, yo, this man... He did all this education, went into all this debt, which is another conversation we can get into, but that's another day. Um, and I'm like, so why would I even do that? No, I'm going to live my life now, and I'm going to make a bunch of money, and I'm going to live my life later. And it wasn't until reality and adulthood started catching up to me where I started to, I still want to become those things. I still have lofty goals and dreams. But now it's more at a level mindset where I'm, okay, let me plan ahead and let me strategically get there mm -hmm. and not just say I want to get there without having a plan. So, um, You have to plan yeah. everything. Yeah, planning. I think that's what I'm learning the older I get. It's like planning is more, you can have an idea. You can have planning and executing. Um, without those two, nothing Nothing else really matters. If you're not going to plan it and to execute, then you're kind of planning to fail. But the and thing is, so we plan about, we plan everything else in our life. Everything else, but we don't plan for retirement or saving. Yeah, we do. Think about it. You plan to wake up in the morning, so you're setting a dog on alarm clock. Mm -hmm. And you're going to take your shower, brush your teeth, whatever you do in the morning, but you plan on those things. Right. But you don't plan on retirement or saving. Yeah, that's... Sheesh. That's crazy. I'm just saying. <laughs> I, these, these are points I give when I'm talking to adults, when I'm doing seminars, and when I'm talking mm -hmm. to my students at school. It's like, think about how much we're planning. Like, 
even when it comes to shopping, I have students that's like, hey, I'm about to go buy these shoes. So you're planning on buying those shoes. Yeah, but you're not planning on saving no money in retirement. No, that's too and, far away. And I think that's and I think that's it because it's like you tell someone where can you I think some ah somebody said this uh, one time. They say we often overestimate what we can do in a year and we underestimate what we can do in 10 years. And I think if you ask someone now where will you be 20, 30 years from now? I don't know. That's a stranger to me. Like I'm not worried about nobody but me right now. Live in the present. Mm-hmm. So it's hard to, and I think this is anybody. I think, and I think unfortunately, a lot of people realize this when you get to a older age where you put yourself way back at a disadvantage. I think, um, you know, it's one of those things where it's like we, especially millennials, we have this thing where I think we created, or no, not we not. We didn't create it, but we kind of centralized the idea of instant gratification. Yeah. Right? We're a microwave society. Yeah, That's so what I like to say. Microwave society. So yeah. it's like, yo, I want it now. It's my money and I need it now. Yeah. Like J.G. Wentworth. Oh, it's, I hate that we, It's like, that's how we act. Like, oh, well, I want to travel now. I don't want to travel later. I'm going to be young. I'm not going to be able to do the things that I want to do later. So I want to do it now. And I think that goes into our mindset with money. It's like, oh, yeah, that'll come later. Of course, it has to, right? But no, nobody really knows the future. Um, So I think it's one of those things where the future is so, especially with the economy, you just never know. And it's best, I think it's best that we start um, shifting that microwave, that microwave uh, mindset. Um, to like, yo, like I can really get ahead if I plan ahead. You think common sense would be common, but it's really when it comes to retirement, I don't think anything common sense is common. Yeah, no, there is no such thing as common sense. There is no <laughs> such thing. There's sense, but it ain't common. I'll tell you that. But one thing is like, why can't you do it later? Some people are like, oh, I want to travel now. Or I don't want to. I don't know if I'll be able to travel later. Why not? Well, I mean, wh- why not? Mm-hmm. And I think it's the fear that we won't be able, like, I'm 27. I'm like, will I be able to do the things at 37 that I can do at 27? And I think is one of those things where, well, I want to experience life in this body, in mm-hmm. this mindset, in this, in this frame. And then the person, mm-hmm. like, once again, it's like, the person 10 years from now is a complete stranger to us. Like, why should I care about that person type so, of thing? So it's, there's, this, <laughs> there's this marketing term that um, I like to tell people a lot. It's called FOMO. It's fear of missing out. out. Mm-hmm. And I think that has a lot yeah. to do with our mindset is that's good. Yeah. We're, we're scared of missing out. And Yeah, that's it. Yeah. We're, I mean, but the thing is, like, when you get older, you gain knowledge, you gain wisdom, and it's like, Maybe it's going to be better when you do it later because you're going to have a whole different mindset. It's like when you go vacation now, as, as a young, let's say in your early 20s, you yeah. just want to go party, have a great time, yeah. you know, do whatever you do. But when you get in your late 20s or 30s, it's like, I want to see like the history. You want to see, yeah. my, you want to tour. You want to take you my time. Yeah. You like, I don't do, want to do five days. Let's do eight days. Yeah. <laughs> but it's also the, 
the quality of the vacation you're going to yes. have. It's like, yeah, you're going to go out and party and stuff like that, but what does that do at the end of the day? You, you mm-hmm. have a hangover or you have make bad decisions or whatever. Yeah. But when you become older, you're like, I don't really need all that. I want to relax. I want to get my mind right. Mm-hmm. I want to see his. I want to see monuments. I want to do something more relaxing. Yeah. I want to get straight for when I'm done with the vacation and be able to handle whatever life handles gives me when I get back from vacation. Definitely. Agree. It's it's a different mindset when it comes to your age and it comes to saving and all those different things. Retirement because you're like, I just want to relax. I'm tired of the hustle and bustle. I just want to, what is that song? I just want to, body yaddy. So, it's, you know, it's it's a different mindset you have to have when it comes to planning, retirement, saving. You have to really be focused on those things so that when you become of age to do that, it's not second guessing. Mm-hmm. Because how annoying would it be when you get 55 or 60 and you're like, oh, tired of working but you're like dang i ain't got no money saved for retirement right. yeah and that's and that's another scary thing at a young age seeing people that's 75 years old still out working at walmart because your retirement isn't there anymore so you have to work uh, yeah. to maintain the lifestyle that you want so so yeah man that's interesting um, Think about it. You you employee of the month, and you eighty four <laughs> years old. Oh, that's what? scary. Yeah. Like to me, that's that's one of my scariest things. Like, yo, I really do not want to work past the age of. Like me personally, I don't want to. I want to have to. I want to have to work. Like by the time I'm 45, 50. and I don't want to do the traditional route. But it's like you got to pay the bills. So I'm in this phase in my life where I got uh, got my stable job, I'm taking care of everything, but now how can I build something on the side? Mm-hmm. How can I how can I make that extra twenty six thousand dollars a year type of thing? Investing. So so yeah. So now I'm trying to I'm I'm shifting into that mindset of like, okay, I really want to. Like, make sure that I'm set in the future. I'm, I want to make sure that if I do have kids, like, we not stressing type of thing. So, for me, like, one of my things is with what I'm trying to do in my professional career, I realized that I probably need to go back to college to um, climb up that ladder to get to the point I want to go. Obviously, there's you can make money without the, a degree, but... For my personal path where I want to go, I realized I need to I need to finish my education. I need yeah. to get a degree so I can uh, move up to where I want to move up, the yeah. level that I want to move up on. So yeah. And one thing I would say, which makes it um, easier to tackle retirement, is to get into real estate. Yeah. I mean, a lot of people that retire early, they have another stream of income through retire through. Um, Real estate. Mm-hmm. So, if at your age you buy a couple of houses now, and granted, maybe you might have to put money into it. You're not making yeah. money right off the bat, but if you hold those houses for a few years and you start collecting the rent or whatever um, you're doing with the house, flipping mm-hmm. houses, it's going to help you retire a lot easier yeah. because houses rarely ever depreciate. They always appreciate in value, mm-hmm. and with the way rent is going right now 
you can charge out the woo-wing oh, yeah, when like it comes was, to rent. Like, I'm thinking about just my house now. I look at it. I'm like, I got a fully furnished basement. I got three bedrooms, one and a half baths. Like, I could charge what people pay for a loft yeah. to live here. And this is technically, like, Rochester is a low-key popular college town. Mm-hmm. You got, like, three major college universities. We got a bunch of events that happens all throughout the year. And I'm like, yeah, I live right next to a plaza. I live right next to a Walmart, Wegmans. I live about 10, 15 minutes from every single Walmart. This is a good destination to have an Airbnb type rent. Uh, so, so yeah. And if you play your cards right, you could rent the house out for double of what the mortgage is. Right. And Anybody looking for a. <laughs> <laughs> We're going for $1,200 right off the jump. Now Start going the bidding. 18, 2000, you know? <laughs> With this market, yeah, that's but, a deal. <laughs> but that's the thing is, like, if you really look into it, like, you can make a lot of money off of houses, off of yeah, renting out houses, off of flipping houses, because people are desperate for houses right Shout now. Shout out to my brother, CJ. He's He just got his real estate license, I believe. Yeah, so I know he's doing his, he uh, working on his business, his real estate business. You need a photographer. I can do the photography for you. Do the real estate photography on the side. Shout outs to me. (laughs) (laughs) So as we wrap up, um, do we have the, what are your key takeaways that you want people to get out of this that's listening? Like, let's say, let's keep it to like three. Start early. Um, Start as early as possible because it doesn't matter how much you're saving as long as you're saving. Like, a lot of people have come to me like, oh, I can't save because I don't have no extra income. Mm -hmm. But you have enough income to go out to eat. Or you have enough income to buy sneakers every month. Like, just put, if you can't put a lot of money aside, start off with $15. Start off with $20, $50. It all matters. Because at the end of the day, if you put it in your retirement, it's going to grow somehow. You may lose some money. But at the end of the day, you're going to make more money than you lose because the market always fluctuates. So I would say that. Um, and I would also caution people to understand that it's a long-term thing when it comes to retirement. Mm-hmm. It's not like, oh, I'm put $20 in there, I'm put $1,000 in there, and tomorrow I'm going to have, or next week I'm going to have $60,000. That's, that's really not how the market works when it comes yeah. to that. Um, so that would be one thing. The other thing would be, like I said, invest in properties, invest in real estate. That helps a lot when it comes to retirement. That helps with mm-hmm. your net worth. That helps with your income, all that. There was all those different things. Um, and the last thing, and I know we didn't touch on it, was when it comes time to retire, make sure you have no excessive bills. Mm. Um, like you, you, you don't need a car note. You don't need, you want to make sure your mortgage is paid off. You want to just have the regular bills of your gas and electric, your mm-hmm. cell phone, your insurance. You don't want to have all these um, unnecessary bills that you could have paid off and you're like, oh, well, I'm, I'm a couple years from retirement, so I'm going to buy a new car. Or in the, yeah. back in the day, they wanted to buy Mustangs and Corvettes. Like, why? Just mm-hmm. have your regular car that's paid off. Dry that bad boy till wheels fall off, and that's going to help you out a lot. Um, the biggest thing when it comes to retirement is people have bills or they have health issues. Mm. Um, 
prescriptions, doctor's appointments, all that stuff, that costs. So when you want to retire, you got to make sure you're healthy. So one thing I heard from somebody, which I try to use in my daily life is, do you want to pay for it on the front end or do you want to pay for it on the back end when it comes to your health? So do you want to eat healthy now and spend an extra $5 on maybe organic food or, I don't know, spinach, salad, you know, fruit drinks? Or do you want to pay on the back end and pay for medicine, pay for you know, stuff for arthritis, for diabetes, for high blood pressure. So take your health serious so that when you do retire, you don't have really to worry about medical issues. You can just take your little vitamins, your little once-a-day vitamins, whatever you want to do, so that you don't have to worry about paying for that in the back end um, when it comes to retiring. Gotcha. Well, Isaac, uh, thank you for your time. Thank you. I appreciate it. I'm sure that the listeners are going to get something out of it. If you haven't, then just listen again and listen again. (laughs) Um, Thank you guys for joining us on this episode of Conversations with AP. Until next time, enjoy.